home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. Materials, where those are coming from, when they need to be paid for. And you have to be, as a, as a client, you have to be understanding of if your contractor has to buy, again, we live in the kitchen and bath. So if we're buying $30,000 worth of cabinets and typically they want half up front, half when they're installed. As the client, you've got to be accommodating, at least for the material side. On the labor side and progression, if you're putting together a progression schedule, which means you want to do every 20% or if you set a list of items that are completed and then you get your your payment or your draw with the contractor, you can do it that way. That's a progression, a progression schedule. That's okay too. And that's, it really is going to depend on your willingness to pay the contractor and their needs as far as their payroll and material needs for the job. Just talk about it. Be transparent with it. Sometimes as a client, you're very sensitive to the money you're putting forth for the project and not understanding the needs and requirements of what it takes to do the project. And then also the contractor is just as sensitive and wanting to make sure that they're able to cover their debts and pay their people through the duration of the project. And it does cause some animosity. I recommend just be open and transparent about what you're willing to pay and how you're willing to pay it and and allow the contractor to do the same. And usually you can meet in the middle and it'll be okay. As long as you're very open about the communication, about payment and money on both sides, you'll be fine. Number nine is do you have a warranty for your work? This is important because there are pro- there's a difference in labor type of warranties and then manufacturer warranties for materials that's being installed in your home. Let's just say that you you buy a product, that product should come with a manufacturer's warranty. As long as the product is installed properly, you should be covered under that warranty. However, the labor side to this is a labor warranty means, let's just say that 
for us again i can just reference our remodels but um if you drop something on the floor and crack your tile then that is not typically covered you're going to have to pay us to come and fix that tile but if you're walking and we install a, a tile and didn't back butter it enough and that tile comes loose then that should be covered under the warranty that is something that we need to come out we need to investigate we need to look at what happened? Oh, I walked across the uh, longer format tile and it popped up and those types of things are going to happen. It shouldn't be often, but when it does, that's the type of thing we mean when it's covered under a labor warranty. The installer didn't do, didn't set it properly. That's covered. You drop, break something, it's not covered. How long does that warranty last? That's important too. So for us, we have a one-year warranty. You go into any of our projects, they understand that up to a year from when we did the project, completed the project, they can call us and we will come out and take at least take a look again whose who's fault, I shouldn't say fault, or who needs to cover the item in question will be dictated by what the contractor uncovers when they come out. The, the thing is, up to a year from when we completed the project, we should answer the phone, come out to your house, and take a look at the the work that was performed. Now, it's an and it's a long term relationship when you're in a local community. It's not like, well, as soon as that year's over, don't call me. You can't do that to people. Uh, again, it, there could be you go out and they've they want you to take a look at something, and it turns into more work or an extra job you just never know be mindful of that you can't be rigid you do need to cut it off and don't let people use and abuse you as a contractor with your warranty but the first thing i guess is actually just making sure you have a warranty and it is written expressed that is number 10 is how will communication be handled this is something that we have in our contracts that's also written and expressed whether or not it's acceptable for you to do an approval via electronic means. And what that means is we use BuildBook as a system of project. Uh, it's a project-based tool that we use to track projects and document everything. It's CRM tool used to document everything for a project. Let's say, for instance, that we make a change or you want to change material and it's a way for us to show you a picture of the material and you can digitally you can digitally approve that if is that an acceptable mean if we send you an email saying hey it's going to cost $200 extra do you respond and say yes i approve and if you do that then that means that that is a commitment that change order has been approved by you what are the means of communication? Do you want snail mail? You want it written down on a contract? Wait for it to hit your mailbox. You sign it. You send it back. You do realistically need to be able to talk about that with your contractor. So again, let's go. Question number one, are you licensed and insured? Question number two, can you provide references? Question number three, how long have you been in business? Question number four, have you performed similar work? Question number five, can you provide a detailed estimate? Question number six, what is your project timeline? Question number seven, will you provide the necessary permits? Question number eight, what is your payment schedule? Question number nine, do you provide a warranty for your work? Question number 10, 
How will communication be handled? This is our new contractor shout out segment. We are going to pick 40 contractors a month that tag their business page in our post on the Home Building and Remodeling Show Facebook page. And this month we have with us Alan Cameron Interiors out of Fairhope, Alabama. Double D's Roofing and Restoration serving the Panhandle of Florida. Creative Craftsmanship out of Tampa, Florida. All-Star Lawn Care and Soft Washing in Mobile, Alabama and JJ's Painting out of Rochester, New York. Thank you all for commenting on the monthly post. We will do another post next month. Like, subscribe, and share our Facebook page, and hopefully you get a shout-out next time. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host, and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go monolithic means that we're doing the pour all in one shot the footers and the foundation um and so for in order for us to do that anytime here that we do a monolithic pour we have to have a compaction test and we also have to get the the soil tested as well right not just the so talk to me about what that looks like so there's a company a local company they are a geotechnical company and what they do is they actually do the, the you know, they produce a soil report. Right. And um, so talk to me about what just happened and, and kind of, you know, as we're going through this build and we're getting approvals and stuff. Right. And, and start with uh, kind of where we are in the build, which is ready, getting ready to break ground. Right. Right. We're, we're surveyed out, staked out. And before we progressed with monolithic slab, we had a company called Geocon, a local company. Um, We actually take a sample of the uh, sand, dirt composition that we're using to build up the slab and have them test it. What they're looking for are different, uh, basically the buildup of it as well as the density of it. Yeah. Just to make sure that it's going to work for the footers and slab. Gotcha. Uh, throughout and, the building. And, and that came from, so our site guy, who's going to do our dirt work and, and our foundation work, he actually had to go get a sample, from right? From the pit. Mm-hmm. From the pit and bring it to this company so they could run basically a lab report on it. They could Correct. test it in the lab. Okay. And uh, the requirement it had to be was? 95%. Okay. That's and, for the county. Anywhere and, in the county, of ba- uh, any, anywhere in Baldwin County is 95% density. Levels. Okay. And then basically what that means is the sand was approved. It, right. it met the density requirement. And now we're going to take that sand and we're going to go use it for our foundation, for our site work and stuff like that uh, to build up the house pad. Now, is that the... The end of the soil report or information, what's the next part to that? So they test in the lab for that, but they also come out to the project once the pad is ready and do a actual um, compaction, compaction test. test where yep. they, they actually test how hard that uh, preliminary area is just to make sure it's adequate for pouring footers and uh, ultimately the slab. So, yeah. And so we're sitting here as contractors, as builders, right? And we go through this stuff and you learn. Guess what? You don't build a home until you build your first one, right? So, um, and we, we just finished our 13th, okay? So we're getting there. 
Um, but, and we've done plenty of, um, home additions and stuff all before we started building custom homes. So, um, usually that, this is all information that people out in the field and project managers and stuff are taking care of, but on, in Gulf Shore specifically, just because you can't use the harder red, red dirt, uh, some areas require you to use that sand. And I know me, just as a a layman, right? Um, I'm thinking sand. You're you're we're about to build a house on top of sand. Correct. That's a that's a wild concept. Um and uh but we're sitting here and we're talking about compaction tests and soil reports, right? Mm-hmm. Testing soil and and things like that that it it hits home the fact that there's a lot more to building a home than just let me get my construction loan, let me pick a contractor, and and let's get this thing going. And you know, luckily, the more you use a company like GeoCon and and stuff like that, the quicker they'll they'll respond. They know you need help, and and uh, you you've used them a lot, so. Um, luckily they were able to turn this thing around in, in a day, right? Correct. It took them a day to test this and stuff like that. But the, it's a part of our process where if you don't know this stuff, right? If you're not working with the right builder or the right person, somebody who's going to take the time to, to talk you through these steps or do the pre-construction with you and you just go out and, and try to build, what are you going to do when the county tells you you've got the wrong dirt on your lot? You can't use the dirt that's there. Uh, that dirt's not approved. And as a matter of fact, they'll fine you. Correct. You cannot bring in the wrong dirt. Um, you know, and that's what we try to do here is educate even the consumer, right? We want this This show is for DIYers. It's for people looking to enhance their business, contractors who are looking to get more information. But the bottom line is, as contractors, we're learning every day. We are learning every day, and and honestly, I don't think with the way that construction advances are happening, innovation is happening, I don't think that we're ever going to stop growing and learning. And changes are, you know, look at look at the heat wave that mm-hmm. we've got going on on top of this. It's 110 degrees uh, with the heat index, right? Mm-hmm. And everything that we do is just magnified because of, because of the weather conditions. Correct. Well, that that's climate change, and now all this technology is happening to to make eco friendly products. And every step we take, there is a new product, a new way to build something, a new way to do it. Right, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff slowly gets implemented into the code book. And and you went to a recent code meeting, and were they not talking about um the the all of the changes just for like what was the energy conservation and stuff coming up? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They it's first of all that everybody right now, most the majority of them are one code book behind. Yeah. They um, operate so so for instance, what Pete is talking about, all of our municipalities in, in our county, right, is uh operating most of them I say are operating out of the twenty eighteen. I think we've got one or two that have now jumped over to the twenty twenty one IRC, but most are operating in the twenty eighteen. Yeah, Orange Beach and Gulf Shores are on the twenty twenty one. And the plan is to have everybody when the twenty twenty four comes out, everybody's gonna swap at the same time. 
Right. So everybody's on the same par, same level. So right now we're kind of bypassing the 2021 and some municipalities, but there's a lot of reason for that. And I think they're trying to reel in. There's just so much change in the 21 compared to the 2018 when it comes to energy code and different things like that. Correct. Uh, it makes it very hard for the homeowner, the consumer, the builder, the client, like everybody, even the inspectors to adopt such a large change. Yep. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. That you need to have done. Yeah. To actually be able to use the space. Absolutely. And that, that's again, yes, inspecting materials, making sure that they're all ready to be installed prior to that space being empty and vacant. Yes, absolutely. So on the remodel side, you know, with kitchens, getting back to kind of the, mm-hmm. the design and layout of it. So one is navigating the design. Yep. Getting that in place. How are you going to use it? What kind of appliances? What cabinetry are we doing? There's so many different facets sure. to that end of it where the designer is going to be there to help you navigate really what's going to work for you, but yep. also the resources. If you just move to the area, are you going to know what places to visit for stone? Are you going yeah. to know what cabinetry shops are best to work with? Well, here's another one. Um, you know, you help them navigate the the location. And yeah. let's just say they walk in and I'm going to tell you it is overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you're going to walk in and you're going to have 500 different types of flooring. But what works? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so a part of what you do is you kind of zero in once you learn the person yes. right in the planning phase, yes. you can zero in. Right. Yep. And and it helps make that selection process manageable and fun. Yes. And fun. I have so many yeah, clients. Okay. Yeah. They're all excited about the project. And then they do exactly what you said. They go out and they, they attempt to go shopping. Yes. And then it's overwhelming. Now they're frustrated. Yeah. They're dealing with salespeople, not yes. designers. Yes. Not yes. people who really are working around them, their home, their personality. Yeah. Um, and it's not fun anymore. Yeah. And then it's overwhelming. And then the money comes into it. As yeah. a designer, our job really is to help you navigate all of that. Sure. And make the process enjoyable. Yeah. You know, you- and then, and two, you mentioned, so... Um, you know, for me, it's great because you zero in on selections to not be overwhelming, yep. but you mentioned something else. You mentioned budget yep. and a, a designer that knows product understands where they're not going to walk you to a space that's not affordable Correct. or doesn't or fit present with, ideas. Yes. Yeah. And that is also part of having somebody who specializes in their certain areas. Um, like Chris mentioned, I'm, I'm kitchen and bath. Yes. That's, that's my heart. That's my home. That's where I'm happy. Absolutely. Um, um, so I do know my product. I know my pricing. I'm never going to guide a client within a certain budget to something that they fall in love with. And they're now shattered because they can't afford it. And yeah. again, now it's not fun. Or, or even if they can afford it, right? It, it but But it doesn't make sense for the spe- – yeah. or, you you know, they're, they're like, yeah, I can afford it, but – that's not it? what we presented in the budget, you <laughs> yeah. know, so yeah. it, it definitely, you know, takes talent, but it also takes experience and time in the field. Yes. And uh, that's another thing too. design from the desk, but being on site at multiple points throughout the remodel yes. matters a lot too. Well, and being on site, especially for clients, 
We have clients who have their own jobs. Absolutely. They're not going to be available. We so have you're the eyes and ears? Eyes and ears on go. the site. Um, so as a designer, we're also going to catch things that need to be done or haven't been done or aren't part of the vision that uh, yeah. maybe the tile guy wasn't aware of. Yes. You know, okay. It, Listen, and, and look, <laughs> I love designers. There's a reason that we have all this in-house now, and it's to fix some of those yes. gaps. It is very easy for you to walk in and be like, where did that come right. from? What, what, wait, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Right? You yes. know, and it yes. happens. Yes. And it should but happen. But that's where then. it's a benefit yeah. because in any project, especially with a kitchen royal, there's going to be a lot of hands on that project. It's inevitable. Yeah. You have people who specialize in the plumbing, the electric, the countertops, the cabinets, the flooring. No one to two people are doing all of that. It Absolutely. really is an agglomeration of a lot of people. Yeah. When you have that many people, there's no way that every single finite detail. Yes. They're going to know. Absolutely. So you are. That's what I know. You are the consistency throughout the yes. duration of the project. Correct. You keep the vision intact, Up the budget them. intact, and then you actually manage the vision throughout the duration. Yes. And so it gives the client a lot of relief. Peace of mind. And I think that's the biggest point. And some of them want a turnkey design. Yes. Right. And when I say turnkey, that means they want to be hands off. Yes. And so yeah. they want an updated, nice space and they need to trust that you know what you're doing. Correct. So that goes back to that that niche, that specialty yeah. um, and being able to really guide them. Mm-hmm. Once you learn what you kind of think their vision is, um, then they're going to be like, listen, I, I like what it. you said. I do have a full time job. Yep. I want a new space. Or I, I don't trust. live here locally. There you go. Absolutely. We, we have run a lot. In, yeah. We have a lot, especially on the Kirby Interior Design side, clients who are they don't live locally. Yeah. So they're not able to open up the house even to contractors or plumbers. Yeah. And these are also people. Um, a lot of the construction workers are not people that the homeowner has met. Yep. So they want to have somebody that they've sat down with, they've established a relationship with being on site to open the doors, to close yeah. the doors, to yeah. make sure it's locked up. And also to make sure that the job is being done when it's supposed to be being done. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. We help navigate that too, not just make things pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. And so we were talking about you being the mediator and, and, you know, being the eyes and ears. And sometimes even when the client is not in town. Yeah. Uh, so let's just say you've helped them pre-plan. You've, you've got their vision. Uh, you've had the contractors come in. The contractors are getting close to completion, mm-hmm. right? So as the designer, as you, you know, you've communicated throughout the duration of the project, but let's talk about maybe some best practices as you're wrapping up projects, right? So, in any project, I always tell clients, walkthroughs after each person, each individual contractor is done with their portion of work. Yeah. That is a that is a huge practice for me. Um, you never know if something accidentally got dropped or dinged. These are things that are going to happen on any job site. Sure. To say that a job is going to go 100% without something happening. Yeah. I would love to have ever experienced that in the 20 years I've been doing this. Sure. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show.